Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, uh, we got any English teachers in the house? Raise your hand. Any teachers? We have a lot of teachers. Let's go, English teachers. My grandmother uh, was an English teacher, high school English teacher. And um, so one of the things that she did to help my brother and I out is uh, when we would use um, language that was not proper grammar, uh, she would let us know. And um, so that was fun And uh, growing up. But my dad, uh, you know, was raised in that home He's an English whiz because of that. Uh, I mean, like language arts. I, I, I know my dad, uh, anytime I wrote a paper, I would give in, in high school, in college, even in seminary, I would give the paper to my dad and he would correct it for me uh, before I turned it in. And uh, I can remember dad sitting me down. I call him Big Chief. Big Chief would call me into his office and he would sit me down. I feel like I was in the principal's office. And he would say, uh, he had the paper in his hand and uh, I could tell, I was looking at it, and I could, it, at first I was like, it, he's had a nosebleed on top of this paper. And um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of red on there. And um, he said, Nathan, uh, son, look at me, do me a favor. I'm like, yeah. He said, as long as you're in school, I never want you to skip an English or a language arts class ever. If your professor opens up that door and he's there or she's there, you need to be there. Uh, like it would, <laughs> he said, it would behoove you to not skip any classes in English. And uh, I remember telling him, well, dad, I don't even know what behoove means. And uh, he's like, that's my point, son. <laughs> like, you don't need to skip any, any classes on, on that. Uh, like, it, that was just a, a part of, of our upbringing. Uh, dad helping me correct my English, making good grades in class. Mom helped us with the math. Dad helped us um, with, with the English uh, I want to talk about a, a foundation in, in our faith. In fact, without this word today that we're going to talk about, like you can't even begin a relationship with God uh, without this word. But uh, I'll admit, for a lot of you, it's going to be a cuss word. Um, it's not behoove, um, because I looked that up, and now I know what that definition is. Uh, that is to do something that is right, necessary, or beneficial to you. So dad was like, it would behoove you, it would be right, and it is absolutely necessary and beneficial for you to never skip an English class again in your life. It's not behoove, it's a, it's a simple word, and brace yourself, it's found in Luke chapter 3 for the first time in Luke. It's this, you ready? It's an R word, Repent. I'm glad y'all didn't throw anything or hiss or boo. Um, a lot of people got a problem with the word repentance. They don't like that word. And I get it. A hundred percent, I get it. Because chances are uh, you have had a bad experience with the word repent like, like I have. Some of you, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's different. Some of you grew up in a church uh, where you had a preacher that yelled a lot and sweated a lot and wore a suit. And what he would do is he would have this Bible and he would shake it at you and uh, call you sinner and tell you, you need to repent. You need to repent. And like sweaty, yelling man shaking the Bible at me. I'm looking at that. I'm like, bro, if that's what it means to follow Jesus, I don't want to follow Jesus. Like, I don't want to turn out like you do when I grow up. Some of you, that was your, your background. That was your upbringing. So like you get like this chill down your spine when you hear somebody say, uh, repent. 
Uh, some of you might have grown up in, in maybe larger metropolitan areas. When I went to school in New Orleans, I remember going down to uh, Bourbon Street or the French Quarter, which is strictly there for ministry purposes. Uh, but I remember going down there, and there would be these guys, like street preachers. And they would have a big sign tied around their neck that was like, repent. And, and they would have a, a, a megaphone, a bullhorn. And they had this phrase that they would say, turn or burn. It's kind of catchy, right? It rhymes, uh, but turn or burn. And they would just be yelling at people that were either drinking or like doing whatever sin that they thought was sin and just standing on the street corner. So maybe when you think of repentance, you think of the street preacher that's yelling at you and everything that you're doing wrong. But for the majority of us, you know, if, you're, if you're like me, we don't like the word repentance because essentially repentance is having to admit something. It's having to admit that you were wrong. You did something that was wrong or said something that was wrong. And let's be honest, man, nobody in here likes to be wrong. I don't know anybody that, that like gets home at the end of the day and is like, man, at work, I was wrong like seven times today. It's a great day. I loved it. I love being wrong. Like nobody loves to be wrong. But there is one thing that is worse than being wrong, and it's having to admit that you were wrong. It's having someone tell you, that you're wrong. If I'm gonna be wrong, I'd love to be wrong in private where no one else finds out about it. But when you have to admit that to somebody, to look at someone and say, you were right and I was wrong. Uh, to have to admit that you were doing something wrong and then come clean with that, man, that's just, like nobody enjoys doing that. No one in here likes to be corrected. Now I'm gonna ask you a question, it's theoretical. Please don't raise your hand, it's gonna embarrass you. This is a setup, so don't raise your hand, got it? Think about this. I want you to answer this question without raising your hand or saying anything. Who in here likes to be corrected? Nobody. Nobody likes to be, no one likes for you to tell them you're wrong. You've made a mistake and, and make that public. The Bible actually talks something about that and, and I'm glad you didn't raise your hand because the Bible says they describe people that don't like to be corrected. In, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, God says this, whoever hates to be corrected is stupid. Why, why is that? Well, here's the problem. If you don't like to be corrected, then what happens is you will continue to go the wrong way your whole life. And if you were going the wrong way, wouldn't you want to know that you're going the wrong way? Like, wouldn't you want somebody to tell you, hey, heads up, you might want to do a U-turn. You, you might want to turn around. Like for me, I don't like for people to tell me I'm wrong. I don't like to be wrong, but I like that more than wasting my whole life going in the wrong direction. John the Baptist is a guy that we're going to meet in, in chapter three. He's the guy that would preach before Jesus came. He was pointing people to Jesus. And John the Baptist, he, he baptized so many people that he got a nickname, John the Baptizer. Like that's a, you got to baptize a lot of people for people to think that like that's, that's who he is. John, the guy that baptized all those people. And in John chapter three, we read the sermon that John preached. Now, if you are known for a bunch of people experiencing life change and baptizing a bunch of people, like I wanna know what was the sermon about? Like, like what did you say? And in, and in verse three of John chapter three, we see this guy's message. It says, then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River preaching that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God 
to be forgiven. Here was John the Baptist's sermon. Repent and be baptized. Repent. And this guy had so many people that responded to the message that he got the nickname John the Baptizer. Now that's interesting because you and I have a a very negative opinion, I would assume, about repentance. Because we're wrong, because we don't want to have to admit it, because we had the preacher that yelled at us, because we have some kind of negative connotation about it. But I want to give you a definition of repentance that I think is going to flip the script on repentance. Actually, I think if you can get this, then you'll realize how powerful of a message this is. Uh, the, the word that we see for repentance in the Bible is, is actually two words smushed together. It's a compound word. And the Greek word is metanoia. Meta meaning change, noia meaning mind. Here's what I want you to write down. Here, here's the, the, the essential definition of repent. Change your mind. Now that's very different than maybe your connotations of it. Maybe the message that you thought of when you heard someone yell at you, you need to repent, you sinner. The word means change your mind. So here's John the Baptist going up to people and saying, hey, would you change your mind? I want to invite you to change the way you think. Change the way you think about God. Change the way you think about sin. Change the way you think about eternity. There's no threats. There's no slapping people with the Bible. There's no sweaty guy in the corner yelling. It's John saying, would you be interested in changing your mind? Changing your mind about a lot of the things that you're thinking about. That was John's message. That was actually Jesus's message. Do you know Jesus had one sermon? that he preached, no matter where he goes, some variation of this sermon. Jesus' sermon is found in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Here it is. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Jesus stands up in front of a group of people and says, I want you to change your mind about sin. I want you to change your mind about eternity. I don't know what you think about sin or God or eternity right now, but would you be interested in thinking differently about those things. The 12 disciples had one sermon. Uh, Surprise, it's repent. Mark chapter six, verse 12. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. John the Baptist had one sermon. Jesus had one sermon. All the apostles had one sermon that produced great results. Millions of followers of Jesus, thousands of years later, based on this. It's foundational to our faith. You can't even begin a relationship with Jesus until you get this. Change your mind. So I want to give you an invitation this morning to change the way you think about Jesus. Change the way you think about repentance. Change the way you think about eternity and about sin in your life. And I promise you, I'm not going to yell. I'm going to try not to sweat. Uh, I'm not going to shake my Bible at you. I don't have any signs and I'm going to come out and like condemn you of your sin. I'm just asking you, you want to change your mind? Here, here's the first thing I wanna, want you to change your mind. I want you to change your mind about repentance. I don't know what you think of when you think of repent or repentance, but here's the second thing that I want you to write down. Change your mind, okay? Check this out. It's crazy. Repentance is a gift. Repentance, see, some of y'all don't even believe that. You won't even write that down. You're like, no, I ain't writing that down. I'm not doing it. 
There's no way repentance, there's no way somebody telling me that I'm wrong, that I'm going in the wrong direction in my life, that I'm thinking wrong in my life. There's no way that's a gift. I don't want anybody to tell me that I'm wrong. I don't want anybody to tell me I'm wrong and that I need to change. I hate change. Repentance is, is actually a gift. Acts chapter 11, we read this. Uh, we can see, the apostles say, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Privilege? It's a privilege for you to say you're wrong? It's a privilege for someone to tell you that you're going in the wrong direction? Huh? What makes you say that? Acts chapter 3 Here's the message from Peter. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Here's what Peter says. If you would repent, on the opposite side of repentance is refreshment. Like it's a good time. You're feeling the weight of the world. You're feeling the burden of sin. You're feeling the uncertainty of your spiritual life. If you would just think differently about Jesus and think differently about eternity, about sin, about God, I'm telling you, you'd feel a lot better on the back end. Repent of that. Uh, I, if you've been hanging out at Revo very long, you know this, like I'm directionally challenged. I'm not good with directions. Um, I, my most used app on my phone is the Maps app. Um, and I use it all the time. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know the fastest way to get there. I want to know if traffic is backed up on, on a certain side of the city. So I'm going to try to avoid that. And uh, so I, I use it all the time. Uh, when I don't use it, um, I can be driving to a place and I start to get nervous because I start to ask myself, am I going the right way? Um, is this the right, I'm, am I sure this is where I'm going? Is this the right way to go? Is this the right turn to make? And, and very common, even though I've been there a hundred times, I will just really quick, just pull my, my phone out and I'll check it. I'll put the address in the GPS just to make sure that I'm going in the right direction. And I was doing this last week. I don't know if my mind was wandering or just wasn't thinking, but I just got this like feeling. I was like, I don't think I'm going the right way. I'm pretty sure I remember where to go. I remember this person's house, but I don't remember. I put it in the GPS. You know what the GPS immediately tells me? do a U-turn. I'm going the wrong way. And so it was interesting, before I turned the GPS on, I had questions. I was like, is this right? Is this wrong? Uh, I'm kind of anxious because I got a little bit of time to get there and I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a lot of time to be going in the wrong direction. As soon as I turned the GPS on and I knew that I was going in the right direction, all, I had this peace about it. I was like, man, thank goodness. Thank goodness I opened up the GPS. Man, that would have been terrible for me to drive another 10, 15, 20 minutes down the road only to realize that I was going in the wrong direction. You see, when Jesus and John the Baptist and apostles came up to people and said, I want to give you an invitation to repent. It's a gift to repent. The people heard that and was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to go the wrong way my whole life. I don't want to be frustrated. If, if I'm supposed to be going south and I'm going north, like I need somebody to tell me, like God is the spiritual GPS that very kindly in a very loving way, God will speak to you and say, do a U-turn, do a U-turn, do a U-turn. And you know, the, the GPS will recalculate, no matter how many times I tell the GPS to shut up, 
the GPS will continue. And when I pass that U-turn, GPS says, take the next U-turn. I pass that one, take the next U-turn. I pass that one, take the next U-turn. That's the invitation to repentance. Now here's what'll happen. Anytime my GPS has told me that I was going in the wrong direction, I have never one time yelled at my GPS. I've never put in the address of where I wanna go and the GPS says, you're going in the wrong direction, take a U-turn, and I'll look at the GPS and say, you don't tell me what to do. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going north, and I'm supposed to be, go- like my destination is south, but don't tell me I need to turn around and go south. I know what I'm doing. Never have I once done that. I've never gotten mad at a GPS for telling me the right direction to go. But isn't it interesting that when God gives us the gift of repentance, we'll look at God and say, you don't tell me what to do. No, I'm not. You, you may say I need to do that, but that's not what I'm getting. And we get mad at God for being our spiritual GPS. I never get mad at the GPS for telling me to go in the right direction. I'm mad at myself for taking the wrong turn in the first place. Like I need someone to tell me that I'm going in the wrong direction if I'm going in the wrong direction. In fact, let me flip the script. If you and I were riding in the car and we're going somewhere and you know where we're going, if I'm going in the wrong direction, then do me a favor and tell me. Because here's where I'm gonna be really frustrated. If we get two hours down the road and I start to look around and say, hey, I don't recognize any of this. (laughs) I could have sworn we just passed a sign that said, welcome to Virginia. Did you see that sign, welcome to Virginia? And if you looked at me and said, oh yeah, like an hour and a half ago, I saw that you took a wrong turn, but I didn't want to say anything. I'm going to push you out the car. (laughs) I'm like, wait, you let me waste an hour and a half of my life and gas is $4 a gallon and we're in Virginia right now, but you didn't want to say anything about it? I would be more upset that you knew I was going in the wrong direction and you just stood there and said nothing about it. It's a gift when God says, hey, heads up, um, you need to do a U-turn because if not, you're gonna waste your life and you're gonna waste your time and you're gonna waste your money and you're gonna get to the destination only to realize this isn't even where you wanted to go in the first place. What if we saw Jesus preaching a message that said, hey, you, you might want to do a U-turn. Would you consider changing the way you think about sin? Because I'm telling you, it's going to lead you to a place you don't want to go. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to want to pay. You don't want to go here. You don't want to go in this direction. And so how great is it when John the Baptist and Jesus and the disciples stood in front of people and said, repent, do a U-turn, because you don't want to go that way. So don't get mad when the GPS tries to tell you that your intended destination is in the opposite direction. Please turn around. Please, please turn around. Do do a U-turn. And when you don't listen, they'll tell you, do a (laughs) U-turn. Hey, there's another U-turn coming up. You should take it. You should take it. It's actually a a, a gift that we would have for someone to to tell us, to love us enough and to care enough about us to say, repent, turn around, 
turn around. You, you don't want to go in that direction. In, in uh, Luke chapter 3, he continues with this message. He had, he had one message, and he could explain it different ways. But the invitation was, hey, accept the gift of repentance. It's the good news, man. It is good news when somebody tells you that you're wrong and you're headed in the right direction. I know it stings. I know you don't like to be wrong, and you don't like for anybody to tell you that you're wrong. But trust me, it's good when someone looks at you and says, hey, man, you're going in, in the wrong direction. And I want you to re- rethink about that. Don't waste any more time. Don't, don't waste any more effort. And repentance actually leads to, to something. We see it in, in this story in, in verse 8. When, when, when we see the sermon preached by John the Baptist, verse 8 tells us, tells us this. Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Last thing I want you to write down is this, the proof of repentance is life change. How do you know if you've repented, if you've actually done a U-turn? Well, your life will change. The compass is gonna go from we're moving north to now we're moving south, like it will change. Here's what I wanna warn you about. A lot of people will confess their sins, but not many people are actually willing to repent of their sins. So confession is this, hey, I missed the turn. Repentance is now I'm gonna turn around and go the right direction. A lot of people are willing to admit, I'm not perfect, I know I'm a sinner, I know I've made mistakes, but they end up staying on the same path that they've always taken and they never do the U-turn. What good is it to admit that you missed the turn if you're not gonna turn around? And so John says, one of the ways that you prove that you've gotten it, that you understand this aspect of repentance is that there would actually be some life change with it. I want you to change the way you think because when you change the way you think, it'll change the way you act. Now, only God can change your heart. That's why I'm not asking you to change your heart this morning. You can't change your heart. Only God can do that. But you can change the way you think. And feelings follow thoughts. Emotions follow your thoughts. So change the way that you think. Some people are, are, are good at admitting fault, but never actually change. So maybe that's your next step uh, today. Last thing I want to ask you to change your mind on, this might be a little wild, but I want you to change your mind about Jesus. If repent means changing your thoughts, think about this with Jesus. This might not be the Jesus you know, um, but the Bible tells us that there, there was one major complaint that people had against Jesus. One thing that they knocked Jesus on the most, that they criticized Jesus for the most, and one thing that everybody would complain about the most when they heard about Jesus. Let me read a couple of examples to you. Luke chapter 15, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Luke chapter 7, verse 34, the son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Mark 2, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked him, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The number one complaint that Jesus got from people was, why do you hang out with sinners so much? Like you eat with them all the time. You go into their house and you're rubbing shoulders with them and you love them and, and you act like, like you're their best friend or something. I don't like that. Why do you do that? Now, let, let's put the pieces together. There is a man who had one message. Jesus' only sermon was repent of your sins and sinners loved him. How is that? Because our culture would argue the opposite that, oh, well, if you're, if you're not perfect, then you'll never like Jesus or you won't want a relationship with God because all he's going to do is bust your chops over what you're doing wrong. But in the Bible, it says sinners couldn't stay away from Jesus. They wanted to hang out with him. They wanted to eat with him. They would invite him over to their house. You want to know why? Because Jesus stood in front of people and said, I want to ask you to change the way you think. Change the way you think about God and what he thinks about you. Change the way you think about sin and where that's leading your life. Change the way you think about eternity and what it would take for you to have a relationship with God. And sinners and tax collectors would hear that and they understood that Jesus was giving them a gift. Think about it. If you're going in the wrong direction, don't you want somebody to tell you to turn around? Don't you want to stop wasting your life? So they looked at Jesus and said, wow, repent of your sins. Change the way I think. Yeah, I like it. And people would respond to Jesus and, and Millions of people have become followers of Jesus for thousands of years because they heard one message, change the way you think. Change the way you think about Jesus. Change the way you think about sin. Change the way you think about eternity. And the same message that John the Baptist and Jesus and all the disciples and churches for thousands of years have preached is the same message today. Here's your invitation. There is a gift that God has given you to repent of your sins and turn towards God. Luke, in, in verse four, we read the rest of the way that John the Baptist presents this message. He says, this is why this is such a gift. Uh, Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, here's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation that is sent from God. Here's what John said. I'm going to make an assumption here. I know what assuming does sometimes, so forgive me, but I'm going to make an assumption that if I had some good news, you would want to know it. And I'm going to make an assumption that if you were driving your life in the wrong direction and I was right beside you, that you would want me to tell you, hey, you're going in the wrong direction. You should turn around. And John the Baptist here quotes from the Old Testament. It says, one day there will be a man that comes that makes the road straight between you and God. The hills and the valleys, how difficult it was in the Old Testament to have a relationship with God. There will be a man that comes that will flatten that road. It will be straight, it'll be flat, it'll be one way. How do you get from where you are right now to God? And John the Baptist says there is but one way and his name is Jesus. 
There will be a man that comes one day that makes every path straight, that reconciles man with God. And if I knew that, and I could give you an invitation to respond to it, would you wanna know? Would you want the gift that God has given you? John the Baptist said, repent, for there is one that will show you the right way. I think it would behoove you this morning if you would think differently about Jesus, think differently about your eternity and think differently about the gift of repentance. Repentance comes in two ways, right? If you're not a follower of Jesus here, you can repent for the very first time and believe that Jesus is Lord. You can look at God right now and say, God, I was wrong and you were right. And I know that you've sent your son Jesus to forgive me, not only to tell me and to show me that my life was headed in the wrong direction, but to give me an opportunity to do a U-turn. And now's your time, right now. You can hit the brakes, rock that sucker around and, and turn around. You don't wanna go in the wrong direction anymore, do you? But for those of us that have been followers of Jesus for a long time, repentance is a daily process for us because we're not perfect. And every day I'm like, all right, God, that sin, that's my bad, that's on me. I don't wanna go in that, I know where that leads. I don't wanna go in that direction anymore. So God, I wanna confess those to you. I wanna repent of my sins and turn it back around. I don't wanna waste my life. I don't wanna go in the wrong direction. I'm assuming that if I had some good news that you would wanna know it. And repentance is good news, friends. You once were lost, but now you're found. You once were blind, but now you see. You once were hurting, but now you're whole. There is but one way to God, and that is through a man named Jesus that had one message, change the way you think about sin and God in eternity. And when you change the way you think, God can change your life. Hey, would you pray with me? For, for some of you, man, this might be the very first time you pray this prayer, a prayer of repentance. And you can bow your head right now and just say, God, I realize I messed up. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that I can do a U-turn right now. That, that there is a gift on the table that my life can change, that I can have fulfillment and purpose and satisfaction and salvation and that can start today. So just, just tell God right now, like, God, I'm, I'm doing a U-turn. I wanna repent of my sins and believe in you. And for the Christians in the room, like you know how much of a sinner you are. You know how broken you are. And how many times God has offered forgiveness, how faithful he is, that, that even today, if, if there's a way that we're living and driving in the wrong direction away from God, that right now you would just say, God, I wanna repent of that. I gotta do a U-turn in this area of my life. Thank you for the gift of the U-turn. That, that you would show me the, the ways and areas of my life where I'm headed in the wrong direction and that you would give me a chance to respond, to turn around. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we have just heard. Give us the boldness to repent and accept the gift of salvation today. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to do me a favor. We got a, a red card in the seat back in front of you. Man, I would love to know of a decision that you made today. 
if you repented of your sin and turned towards Jesus, if that's good news to you, then I want to celebrate with you. Would you just take that red card out? You can check that top box that says, I made a decision for Christ today. I'd love to get in touch with you this week. You can drop it in the offering basket or swing it by the connection bar. I'll be hanging out back there after the service. I'd love to connect with you and tell you what your next step is. And for those of you that follow Jesus, hey, this is our time to sing. This is our time to be thankful for what God has done for us, for forgiving our sins and giving us the grace that only comes through his son, Jesus. So would you stand up and worship with me as we think about the gift of repentance that only comes through Christ. Thanks for listening to the Revo podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.